Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from across the Living Faith Fellowship, and especially those instructors that um, are teaching in LFBI. Uh, and each week we come together with the hope that we are encouraging you and strengthening you, but we want to give you insight into the lives of uh, ministers and leaders in churches all over the U.S. at different stages of their growth and and different aspects of their ministry life. And, and we have conversations about theology and missions and discipleship, and we want uh, to give you a sneak peek into their lives. And this week, I have the privilege of doing a second interview with my friend Joe McKaig of Decatur Baptist Church in Decatur, Alabama. And he's in town for Mission Focus, and so we're capturing several different interviews with him. And uh, last time we were together, we were discussing about his testimony and his life in ministry and how he grew up and, and how he got equipped for the work of ministry, um, but that now he's found himself back at the church uh, that he started at, pastoring at the church that he began at in Decatur. And uh, we discussed just the idea and the need for for um, bringing uh, the Great Commission in and, and discussing discipleship and pushing those things, those things that he valued even as a young man in the churches that he's been a, a part of uh, throughout his ministry life. And it was a, a great conversation. And we're going to continue that conversation today and talk about ministry philosophy and what it looks like for him to uh, promote a, a healthy biblical ministry philosophy where he's at as the uh, pastor at Decatur Baptist Church. So, Joe, welcome back. Thanks. It's great so, to be back. Yeah, so glad to have you. Um, and so last time we were together, we talked about uh, you know how the mission came alive in your life. Sure. Uh, and how now you're back at Decatur. Yeah. Uh, will you tell us? I know it's a wild story. It's wild. So if people didn't hear that story, they need to go back and listen to that episode. But now that you're back, tell us a little bit about Decatur Baptist Church, um, what its heritage is like. Just sure. recap some of the things, the highlights that, that people need to know. Yeah, so it's been around for a long time. started in 1898. Mm. Uh, so it's a long history. Uh, started out actually as a, a Molten Heights Baptist Church. Doug Ripley came there in, in like 1983, 1984. Church at that time, um, pretty traditional church, had had a lot of pastors in its history, mm. uh, short tenures. Uh, no one had been there more than 10 years in the whole tenure of the church. And wow. so when Doug came, he came with a commitment to stay. And certainly I'm indebted uh, to him and to the ministry God did through him. Uh, yeah, I, I showed up there right after him. Right. I never, I never actually have met Doug. Wow. Yeah. But um, I've known from my earliest years in ministry at KCBT his name because yeah. he it was synonymous with investment and focus on missions. Yeah, like that's that's I always heard his name in that context of missions. Absolutely, the church from from my earliest days there had a, a heart for missions. Uh, that's where I I really I grew up in church as I shared mm -hmm. last time, but didn't really get connected with the mission and understanding even, you know, what life's about. But right. uh, that, I did get connected there, and and that church has a great history of being involved mm -hmm. in missions and has been for years. And uh, early on in my days, as we said last time, got discipleship going, got, got training going, Shepherd School of Ministry, and uh, I was trained through the local church. Mm -hmm. what, what an awesome privilege that is. Right. And yeah. not only having the opportunity to to learn, but also to, to have a practical application. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm getting trained on Saturday, and then we go right into ministry on Sunday, yeah. and 
uh, been able to uh, to lead in the singles ministry, ultimately start a, a young couples ministry there and serve with students and mm-hmm. a lot of different areas, a lot of different uh, ways to exercise in the ministry and grow and mature and learn to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Having learned your testimony in the last episode, you're back at Decatur now. Yeah. And um, and you're responsible as a pastor, the shepherd of that flock, to instill a proper biblical ministry philosophy that's been handed off to you from, from Doug to you. And um, I want to talk, you know, we've had a lot of episodes on the show where we ask pastors about their ministry philosophy um, and how it works itself out practically day to day in the church. And so I want to ask you just, if you can, maybe explain to us your ministry philosophy and what you're hoping to instill in the church now that you're back. Yeah, it is uh, it is a huge responsibility. I feel the weight of it mm. uh, every day uh, and just being able to lead and, and, and minister and, and help people find their place in the ministry. Right. Uh, so it's, it, it, is, uh, it is a big responsibility, but coming back, uh, sort of surreal for me. Uh, I walked into that church in the 80s and and broke out into a sweat just being there, and now somehow I've ended up as the pastor. That's, that's wild. Uh, that's wild, and I totally undeserving of it. Nothing mm. but the grace of God. I'm, I'm blown away that God would let me do that, and, mm-hmm. and just it, it amazes me still. But for me, it's so important um, to to keep that mission focus in the church, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe even help us refine it a little bit. Uh, to reemphasize it and reinvigorate it, it's so easy for us to get into that uh, where we're just running, you know, on autopilot yeah. and well, church, lose the like, heart. You can get passion. distracted real easy in church. Yeah, lots of good things. Yeah, lots of yeah. good things out there to be involved in, and and then you know, life on top of that. And we live mm-hmm. in the the 21st century, and the world is ever increasing, and we have all these devices that save us time that that right. eat up all of our time. Sure. Um, so to get people back to the emphasis of of discipleship and training and and not just giving to the mission but but investing in the mission. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things we're trying to do. We, we we mentioned you know these five E's that we yeah try to work a person through. Tell us about the five E's. Yeah, it's somewhat of a, a process, but also their values. And, and uh, again, it's just evangelism and. And then we want to take those people we evangelize with the gospel and encourage them with a relationship with with believers and then mm-hmm. edify them through discipleship and then equip them through training so that ultimately their life glorifies God. Yeah. And so getting people to live a life on purpose, uh, not a, not distracted by the American dream or or whatever, you know, building a career or having a nice house or driving a new car and mm-hmm. all those things that that distract us or or even just doing church and having nice services and sure. you know putting on a good good show yeah. on the weekend. You sitting. Yeah. Yeah. But getting to the place to where we realize life's about glorifying God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that we glorify God is is reproducing the life of God that's within us and others. Right. Uh, such that you know we're reproducing reproducers. Yeah, we've reemphasized that. It really that's a that's been something that's been there. That's not new to me. That's mm-hmm. a uh, that's an idea that we had back when I was there before. Mm. We've just attempted to reinvigorate it. Yeah. And, and restructure discipleship and, and and right now really the so there's a couple of challenges. Uh, we're we're reorganizing our staff. Okay. So we've always been staffed pretty traditionally. You know where we have a children's pastor and yeah. a youth pastor and. You know, 
just different areas of, of people groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're still going to be responsible for those people groups, but we're also assigning these E's to different staff members okay. so that each one of them uh, has a staff member that's championing it. Uh, and so a guy who's over evangelism, and so mm-hmm. he's going to lead the evangelistic efforts of the church. Okay. Uh, a guy who's over this encouragement. We do that mainly through small groups. Mm. And so he's going to lead the small groups really across the church from children through adults. Uh, and then we've we've got one staff member leading the the uh, the discipleship, the edifying, and the equipping, because mm-hmm. we're just getting started with discipleship's up and running again, and we're working that pretty hard and just getting to that edifying piece and getting it installed. It's it's up and running, but very new. Right. Uh, and then and then our worship leader, who's an awesome guy, been in our church for thirty eight years, mm-hmm. discipled me. Wow. And uh, so, you know, I'm I'm indebted to him for sure. sure. But he. Uh, he leads that uh, the exalt peace, and so he leads us in worship and, yeah. and just praise and worship. Uh, and, but also has a heart for the Word of God and, and for uh, seeing that people get involved in mm. the ministry, so that their lives really do exalt the yeah. Savior. Not just the fruit of our lips giving sure. praise to His name, but our lives. The ideal of of Abraham with Isaac. You know that first mention of worship. Yeah. You know, giving ourselves as a sacrifice, right, uh, and and getting involved in this thing, and surrendering our lives to the lordship of Jesus Christ, and living on mission, living on purpose. Uh, someone said recently to me that you you reap a harvest where you sow an emphasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a great quote. Yeah. I, I don't know who to attribute it to. Just someone I told heard, me this that, is the so. first time. I, I love yeah, it. The first time I'd heard it, and so I'm you know. I, I was thinking, no, that, that's somebody. <laughs> I, I stole that. Uh, but you, you reap a harvest where you sow an emphasis. Right. Uh, and, and so that's what we're trying to do is, is sow an emphasis in these five areas mm. uh, so that people live their lives on purpose. Yeah, so I want to hear you know, how those things manifest themselves a little bit. And so maybe tell us a little bit about what you're hoping to see in, in terms of evangelism in your church as you are trying to maybe reinstill a desire to go into the community community in, in Decatur and begin to reach the lost. What's that look like? Yeah, so Decatur Baptist, you know, when Doug first came around, he, he he taught us this system uh, called discipleship evangelism. And so it's just this systematic approach of sharing the gospel. And, and we really did it, man. We were out knocking on doors back wow. in the day and, uh, you know, visiting people and, and, and just really making connections in the community and seeing people come to Christ. Mm. And of course, you know, and 2020 that doesn't work so well right uh, most people don't answer the door they've no. got a ring doorbell they see you you know they're not mm-hmm. they're not gonna they're not gonna come to the door so I usually uh, assume it's some little kid trying to sell magazines yeah uh, or um, or in my neighborhood it could be a drug addict actually to <laughs> oh, be honest with yeah. you but but yeah I don't I don't generally answer the door right. maybe it's a Jehovah's Witness yeah, right. I, I'm not going to the door yeah you know uh, I realize that that's that's me too, mm-hmm. and so why would I expect anyone to answer right. when I come? Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so we're we're looking for different avenues and different mm-hmm. ways, and it's my heart has always, you know, I I think that the church ought to serve. I think we ought to be an asset to the community. I, I feel like a lot of times we go to the community with our hands out, but they're empty. Yeah, we're not going to give anything. We're coming to receive something. We're asking mm-hmm. for the good deals. We're asking for you know we're the church. Can't you do something for us? Right. Uh, and so I want to see that change. Uh, and Decatur's done a great job taking the gospel to the world. I mean, hundreds of thousands. You know, Doug's legacy for the mission. Multi. I, I wish I, I had the number, but I, you know, it's it's twenty million dollars. You know, given oh, to missions goodness. in his tenure there. 
probably plus. Wow. Uh, just multiplied millions that have gone to, to fund the mission and, and engaging unreached people groups and seeing tens of thousands of people mm. come to Christ. And so I want us to, to continue that. I want to yeah. see that, sure. that legacy continue and, and continue to reach the world. Uh, but at the same time, I, I want to shorten that arm and reach to our community. Yeah. Uh, and so my encouragement has been, and you know, I mentioned in the last podcast how God had told me in Second Kings 19 and that story that you know, for the first two years, you need to really help people reestablish discipleship, take root mm-hmm. downward. Mm-hmm. And so this coming year will be the beginning of the third year. Right now, this week, actually, as I talk to you, mm-hmm. this is the beginning of my third year there. So two years are gone now. It's amazing to me, but now we're entering this third year. Yeah. And so the thing that we've set in place is you know, we want to reach out in our community and begin to serve our community for the purpose of building relationships to to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So we want to serve the community, meet the needs in our community, you know, in the love of Christ, but but take the gospel. It's yeah. not enough just to meet the need. Right. Uh, we want to take the gospel. And yeah. so engage in the community. We're doing a thing uh, this spring. We, we always have done a global impact celebration mm-hmm. every year Yeah, uh, where we have missionaries come in and, and emphasize our, our world. It's like your, your missions conference. It's like mission yeah. focus or, yeah. or the old sure. days uh, global or uh, world outreach celebration world outreach, yeah. and those things. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do something this spring. We decided to do a, a conference like that in the spring uh, that we call it's a community impact celebration. Mm. Uh, so in the fall, we, we raise a lot of dollars to go fund the mission. Uh, but what we're going to do this spring in April is a, a community impact celebration, and and the goal won't be a, a numerical dollar amount. It's going to be hours of service in our oh, community. Yeah, cool. So we're inviting in different nonprofits in our community, uh, some that we support now with with dollars, uh, and others that we don't. Just simple things, Meals mm-hmm. on Wheels, and yeah. Uh, there's a great organization in our community that builds beds for kids. You know, who would have yeah. thought that kids don't have beds, but they right. constantly have a, a backlog. They need beds for children yeah, who have never had a before. bed. Just, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, great organization. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to invite those groups in and encourage our membership uh, to, to get involved mm-hmm. in those ministries and those, even if they're not ministries. Some of them are just nonprofits. They're yeah. just meeting physical needs of people. Uh, but my whole goal in all of that is to get our people re-engaged. We live in such a closed society, yeah. and and we've gotten so comfortable Locked being comfortable. Yeah. yeah, we go home, we push a button and open the garage door, pull the car in the garage and push the button and close the garage door before we get out of the car. Uh, you know, we don't even know who our neighbor is, uh, much less somebody who's hurting in our community. So yeah. I want us to to get connected to those people. Find the lost. Find the lost, we, yeah. and we've got to work at it now. Right, it's it's not as easy as it used to be, and people are hungry for it in ways that they never were before. They're hungry for relationships. Yeah. They're hungering for authenticity. Mm-hmm. We can't go and, and be false. We it, they can't be projects. No, we've got to go minister to people and build relationships, mm-hmm. and and then and then because we have a relationship, share the gospel. Right. You know, right. I, and I, that's a small nuance, but I think it's an, an important one. We we don't just build relationships to share the gospel. We we share the gospel because we've built relationships. Yeah, people are important. Right, and God loves people, and yeah, and I want us to love people. We even you know we say our vision is you know we love God and we love people. We serve both. Mm-hmm. I don't know we do great at that yet. Right, and so I want to emphasize that really this year. Push it hard. 
That's get us great. back engaged in the community. I know, um, you know, the key is each believer fulfilling the commission themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's it's not done through programs, and even what we're doing with this is is just a an exercise to to get our eyes open to yeah. look on the field it's a and to see. It's, yeah. Uh, but we're gonna, so we're, we want to resource. So we're gonna do that to, to as a catalyst to get them out there to see people and, and look on the fields mm-hmm. as Jesus told his disciples and see that the harvest is plenteous. Uh, but then we want to resource them, and so we're, you know, we're doing some different things. We're building a kiosk in our our foyer area uh, that's going to be staffed every week and uh, have resources, uh, but also have, you know, so tracks and. Uh, and, and different evangelism tools, and 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 then mm. other staff members will be there to you know, hey, I'm trying to reach my friend who's this or that, right? You know, in just some ways, uh, it's you know, it's in some ways it feels a little corny, but uh, just ways to motivate and encourage, yeah, and and to graphically display what our church is doing as yeah. far as you know, to praying visu- for visually emphasize what you're saying that you want to intrinsically absolutely emphasize, yeah, yeah. and just yeah. hopefully. Uh, Mobilize the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, every member's a minister, right? Uh, you know, and uh, we don't, you know, we don't use uh, men to build ministry. We use ministry to build men, right? And get back to that kind of mindset, yeah. that kind of thinking that yeah. we're all in this. We all have an individual responsibility as a believer in Jesus Christ. This is our community. This is our field. Yeah, we need to buy it. We need to go all in, and uh, we need to. Plant this vineyard. We need sure. to build this church. That's and great. See people come to faith in Christ and and care about the least of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people hurting. Yeah, and coming out of this pandemic, uh, it's going to be I, you know there's going to be a lot of people who need a lot of care, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of love, a lot of attention, uh, some counseling maybe. Sure. Just that our reputation would be if you have a need in Decatur, Alabama. If you talk to those people at Decatur Baptist Church, they'll help you. Wow, uh, that's great, man. That's great, and it's cool. It's really cool to hear that. Um, you know, people. It's not easy for people to 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 go out and see souls, uh, like you said. You know, you you get you know comfortable or whatever. But man, it's just hard to come in contact. Like so many jobs have yeah. moved ho- to home yeah. online. You don't right. even have to, you don't have a workplace anymore to right. meet the lost people at right. Um, and so to to make avenues where people are serving and coming in contact with the lost, I mean, is a is a great idea. Now you mentioned this idea that that this other E, the after evangelism, is encourage relationships, right? What does that mean to to transition from the evangelical piece into the encouraging relationships? You, you got to have relationships to do the evangelism mm-hmm. piece, but um, what does it mean for evangelism to move into deeper relationship? Yeah, so you know, we we try to achieve that through small groups, mm-hmm. uh, and so the idea would be that when a person comes to faith, you know, they've got a relationship with this this believer, mm-hmm. uh, but we want to expand that circle of relationships. Uh, we want them to come into a family environment. Uh, we want them to be able to connect with other believers uh, to to find uh, to find community. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think in this crazy year that we've just come out of uh you know i know the enemy uh is is behind a lot of what's going on and you know the bible tells us he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour 
I've been on enough safaris to know that the way that a, a roaring lion devours his prey is the first thing he does is he isolates them. Mm. If he can get them separated from the rest of the no, herd, that's true. Then, then yeah. they're done for. Yeah, they're not going to make it. Yeah, uh, I'm also amazed by the fact that you've been on several safaris. The fact that you could say that. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a couple of mission, mission trips, trips to Africa, right? Yeah, they're always mission trips. No, that's cool. <laughs> so you've seen a lion. Like kill prey, you've like ah, yeah, I've, I've seen close soon after, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. But you're right, man. I mean, isolation is da it's dangerous. Oh, it's yeah. it's deadly. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously this this pandemic is bad, and yeah, and we've seen it the impact in our body of believers and people who have succumbed and, and died, and yeah, and it's horrific, right? Uh, but there's there's more to come. Yeah, the depression and the despair are the fallout. And it's going to be yeah. it's going to be widespread, yeah. and and this isolation is is really going to have some devastating impact. Mm -hmm. And in the Church of Jesus Christ, you know, in the very beginning, right? So I read this morning; it's January first, and mm -hmm. I'm just you know I'm this weird guy, so I'm going to start in Genesis today because yeah, I finished sure. you know a few weeks ago I finished the Bible, yeah. But but I'm I'm the 52 weeks guy, right? Yeah, so I'm no, going to do it. I'm going to do it every year. So I read that today, and you know, God, it is good. It is good. It is good. Mm -hmm. It is not good that yeah. man should be alone. Right. You know, man's man's biggest problem is sin, but it wasn't his first problem. Right. His first problem was being alone. Yeah. People need relationships. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we need people. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, I want our church to be a place where people find relationships. Mm -hmm. Where they find people who who will love them and and care about them and minister to them and and, mm -hmm. and then find outlets for ministry to themselves you know and so so this human interaction so that we're we're loving and fulfilling all the one another's of the new testament mm -hmm. you know yeah that's a place for that to happen you know in my ministry i've had occasions i one in particular i remember a, a lady had gone through this this horrific event in her life mm -hmm. and uh, and she showed up at the church and, and the first thing she said to me was this is the last place i wanted to come and I thought, man, this should be the first place. Wow. How yeah. poor a job have we done if in, in the middle of the worst crisis of your life, and it was a, it was a sin issue, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, in, in the worst crisis of your life, you didn't want to come here. You, that breaks my heart. Yeah. We should be the first place. You should know right. that. This is where you're going to find the help that you need. Not we're going to we're not going to condone sin. We're not going to brush over it and pretend like it's no big deal. But we're going to help you. Yeah, we're going to we're going to minister to you and care for you. It should and, be a place of peace. And yeah, recover yeah. you. Right. Set you back on your feet and, and get you going again. And mm. and so, you know, I, I long for our small group ministries to be that where they're they're fellowships of people, family groups of people who love each other and care Dep for each dependent. other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Authentic relationships, fulfilling those one another's of the scriptures. Right, that's great. Now, one of the things about small groups that I think churches run into all the time, though, is this problem that that they want the fellowship and the friendship, but they they neglect the word of God along the way. And it's like the sentiment is right; like we want a place for people to connect. Sure. So, what do you do about retaining a focus on God and His Word? You know, in a small group setting. You know, that's a that's a a balance that is. I think it's just a constant battle. And honestly, mm -hmm. right now where we're at as a body, mm -hmm. we're more we're more to the the Bible side mm. than the fellowship side. Okay. 
uh, and I, I think you can err on both sides. Yeah, you know, where of it's, course. it's all you gather just to teach a lesson. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where we're at now, yeah. uh, and it's less about the needs of the people. And, and and so some of our leaders will feel like, you know, if we got together and we didn't teach a lesson, then we failed today. Right. We didn't accomplish the goal. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to, you know, instill within them that well, we do want to get that lesson in. Yeah. Uh, but we also do want to sure. minister. And so, you know, if you're goofing off and just doing silly things, okay, that's one thing. Sure. But if, if we're sharing and doing life together yeah. and praying, praying over together, each other right. and ministering to needs. Breaking and, bread even. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just, you know, having community. Acts chapter 2 stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The one another's. Again, yeah. if we're doing those things, then, man, you're successful. But but part of that one another is, you know, we're, we're to – you were to admonish one another and mm-hmm. we're to encourage one another and mm-hmm. provoke one another to love and good works. And and so included with those one another's is the necessity of getting into the word. Yeah. And and realizing that that yeah, man, these relationships are awesome uh and they're cool. But if if they're they're not real relationships if they're not Sharpening. focused around the ministry and the word of God. It is a tough thing to do. Um you know, right now for us. Uh, most of what we do happens on site at our church. People meet on campus. Yeah, and you're yeah. trying to what get that into the homes. I think we need some of that. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I think the reason that it's a little more sterile and more about a lesson is because it's meeting in a in that environment. Yeah, and it's hard to get you know lost people into a setting yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really tough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- th- there's a lot of challenges there for us to kind of go the other way. And I'm sure then there'll be challenges to come back, you know, and sure. it's just a constant, uh, training and talking about it and reminding and yeah. yeah keeping the the goal in front of the, the, the folks. So we've got evangelism, yeah. we've got encouraging relationships. That next E is, uh, as you said, is edifying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Tell us how you're defining edifying and what that looks like. It means to build, mm-hmm. uh, and so we we use that in, in discipleship. So right. for us, uh, that edifying relationship is a discipleship relationship, uh, and so we want to get people, you know, obviously in Christ, uh, and then in, in you know in relationships in a small group, but but also into a, a one-on-one relationship with someone, mm-hmm. preferably the person who led them to Christ, so that they begin to mature and. And develop as a believer, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And we walk through that that process. We use the Living Faith Fellowship lessons. We did rearrange them a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and, and our goals are a little different. We we just use three goals. And we talk about worship, word, and work, mm. uh, and, and base that on the the Second Peter chapter one, uh, where mm-hmm. add to your faith virtue, and then to virtue right. knowledge, and then to knowledge temperance. Uh, and so, starting out with uh, the first six lessons. Uh, wanting to get a person to see that you know the the word of God's the authority now mm-hmm. in your life. You've trusted Christ as your Savior, and and so you need to see that this is the truth and allow it to become the authority. So you you worship God uh, again, not so much in the the sense of singing a praise song, but you yeah. worship Him, bowing before Him and His authority. And you know my my definition for virtue is a voluntary obedience to truth. Mm. Uh, that's yeah. probably you know. <laughs> my own little private vari- variation there. Right, but, yeah, but uh, I get that, it. Yeah. yeah, that you choose. You're choosing to obey God. Yeah. Uh, and so so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey the truths of the Word of God. And we want to build on that foundation. It's so easy for me to, and especially with my upbringing, to want to immediately go to knowledge. 
mm. you know, and in my, you know, just think that this is all yeah. knowledge based. And right. if, if we can just pour some truth into them, it'll all be good. Yeah. Uh, and and what, I, what I found is it's not all good. Yeah. You can't uh, circumvent the character or the faith piece or the no, obedience piece. No. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people who had a lot of knowledge that were just really mean. Right. Let's just dispense with that and say, I was the person uh, who, <laughs> who who got a lot of knowledge and wasn't always the kindest person. Yeah. And you know, and thought I knew more than everybody yeah. else. And and let me straighten you out on mm-hmm. what I know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that's just not profitable right. uh, to to the kingdom or or to anything really. So we right. want to get people uh, with that virtue piece to add to their faith virtue. And you know, once they they submit to the truth, and we try to. And so we, with all of our, right now, uh, we've started with uh, every discipler when they finish those first six lessons, actually have to to sit down with one of our pastors. Oh, wow. Uh, and so they fill out a, what we call a checkpoint and has some pointed questions about, you know, there, here are some things that would be indicative of a person who's, um, who's surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. Mm. Uh, so we've moved some tougher lessons, you know, so we like maybe for a lot of people, the giving lesson's pretty tough. Yeah. But, but in my mind, we moved that into the first six mm-hmm. uh, because I think that's okay. It's a tough lesson, uh, and but it's an easy thing to do. I mean, yeah. it's not complicated to understand. No, no, and it's a simple act of obedience. It's just a simple act yeah. of obedience. You know, obviously, baptism is in that. You know, and, right. you know, if, if you're not willing to be baptized, you know, if you're not willing to to obey, I've shown you clearly in the scripture these things, and here's some very clear actions you can take in yeah. obedience to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So if the person's not willing to take that, then we we need to reevaluate and, yeah. and what's going on, and let's don't just go are you, on. And are you ready to progress? If, yeah. if you actually if you can't obey yeah, yeah, yeah. in these simple ways, yeah, that yeah, makes and sense. Is it, and is it profitable to any of us? Mm-hmm. Not we're not trying to hurt the person, but we're not helping you to just continue on if we've not established this piece. Yeah, you can't go on to knowledge until you've established right. virtue. I mean, it's how Peter, the Holy Spirit, says it. We're trying to do all of those things to to keep that going and to. Uh, to make sure that it's not, it doesn't become just a, a program. Right. Uh, yeah. It's Which is something we talk about on the show all the time is like, what people often want from discipleship is for it to be a program. You sure. Know, they want it to fix something or they want, sure. it, they want it so that they can achieve mm-hmm. some, some, you know, sure. they want to be recognized. But man, it's not that. It's, yeah. it's I, life. I say all the time, it's, you know, a lot of people want their symptoms treated, but they don't want their disease cured. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so they'll get started, but you know, okay, now everything's better now. Yeah. And so move on to something else. And yeah. that's not what discipleship's about. And it's tough. It is. It's yeah, there's a lot of dying to self along the way. Yeah. It's it's messy. Yeah. Uh and it's difficult and it's uh yeah, it's not uh it's not the easiest way to go for sure. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that um in terms of edifying, you have a you have a pastor that's overseeing both Edification, so that discipleship component, but then also the equipping, which is the part that you're 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 working on developing. So they're, they're kind of working in tandem. Maybe explain that a little bit. Yeah. So you know what we would what we would want for a person, you know, would be that they would walk through. You know, we start with a classroom setting of cost of discipleship. Yeah. And then they do this personal discipleship piece, one on one with someone, and then coming out of that. Uh, in the in the equipping aspect of it, we do discipleship. What we call discipleship two. Mm-hmm. I think most people listening yeah. would be familiar. A lot of the churches have something equivalent to that, or right. they they do D two maybe through LFBI right. or in or in their own church. Sure. Yeah. So you know that that's taking them on from that 
the temperance piece or, mm-hmm. or kind of in the temperance piece of taking yeah, here's what you've learned and now here's how you can use what you've learned yeah. to make it effective and useful yeah. and maybe yeah. even a little into the patience part of it. Sure. So for people who, who I guess maybe don't know, D2 generally teaches um, basically uh, character qualities, right? Right. Uh, but also um, how to study the Bible, philosophy of discipleship, right. things like that that equip a potential leader. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. So someone who, you know, and, and we really encourage everyone in our church we're beginning to it's it, so that's a piece that sort of went by the wayside a little mm-hmm. bit wasn't emphasized it was there but not really emphasized and so we've come back and now we're encouraging every person to get through discipleship too for sure mm-hmm. uh, and and so anybody who wants to handle the word of god you know you, you need to achieve at least that level yeah uh, right to, to be able to be a bible study leaders yeah, people yeah. who lead ministry yeah, objectives yeah, yeah. yeah so uh we would encourage all, everyone to do that. Mm-hmm. And now we've just started uh, an institute level. Uh, and so it's something that, you know, it's again, very fledgling. We've just, we right. just started. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, learning a lot from you guys yeah. and, and what you guys have done here right. with LFBI. And uh, so we're doing some things on our own and want to do some things in house and, yeah. and have that. Sure. Flesh in the game, if you would, you know that we're yeah. we're, we're we're actually hands. Which is on. how we prefer. I yeah, mean, absolutely. We, we want LFBI to be partnerships with local churches, where pa- local pastors can can teach content, and then they can outsource what other yeah, things absolutely. that need to be taught through the Bible Institute. We, we and like what an that. incredible resource! Yeah, you know that. So I, you know, I don't have all the experiences of all the pastors of the, of the Living Faith Fellowship, and mm-hmm. we've got guys who've been missionaries and effective missionaries, and. And, and served in all kinds of different ministry right. positions and done incredible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for us, we're just getting started, and we have a few people who are who are taking classes on their own, you know, and have gotten enrolled in LFBI, mm-hmm. and, are, and we've even got some folks on the mission field that are doing that that wow. came up through our Very church cool. and have been sent out. But some folks indicator who are who are enrolled in LFBI. Uh, but then we've got another group that's just getting started, so they've mm-hmm. taken some classes in house. Uh, so we have one pastor guy who leads. He's right now he's leading both those groups, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of uh, the discipleship is pretty intensive, the edify piece, but the equips just getting started. And yeah, I would see ultimately in the future we'll need someone to manage that as mm-hmm. well, uh, and taking people through that preparation piece, you know, and, and getting them ready to go. So a lot of those folks are gonna, you know, I would are gonna go out. Yeah, uh, like we which, talked about in which teams. is the intent. Yeah. Of of the equip piece is that people would be activated to to minister at a higher level in their community or abroad. Uh, yeah. yeah. To go to the world. Yeah. That's the goal. Uh yeah. is to raise up ministers uh who will go out and, and reproduce uh what they've learned and, and take that and uh, and and do the same thing elsewhere. Yeah. Uh maybe not exactly the same way we did it, but but right. the principles are the same. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you so, have instilled that DNA into into the people that you send. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having gone out from Decatur and served in a church that was kind of first generation trying to get some of these things going and, mm-hmm. and that biblical philosophy of ministry, it's pretty tough to raise that up. And then coming back to Decatur, you know, and realizing that, man, that that DNA is there and it's uh it's powerful. Yeah, you use the word bedrock. Yeah, yeah, it's I like that. that that bedrock foundation of mm-hmm. those principles is still there and and uh it's it's encouraging to see and yeah, and, and it, it makes reviving it. So much easier, 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 yeah, yeah, so much easier. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, as we send people out like that, with that level of training and, and that level of preparation, uh, 
it it does have a huge impact and it's mm. it's generational. Yeah, that's good. Uh, now you mentioned so you, we've we've covered four of the five E's, and the way you described it to me was that 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 those four E's that we've already discussed: evangelism, encouraging relationship, edifying, and equipping. Encompass another E: exaltation. Yeah. Uh, maybe explain how all of those things impact uh, the glory of God. Yeah, so you know what what we want people to understand is you know you glorify God and, it, and that's that's the reason you're here. It's it's what life's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, God does everything that He does for His own glory. A lot of people don't think that way. No. Uh, we we think like God's here to serve us, mm-hmm. and that you know He saved me for me. You know, yeah. Uh, and and we've kind of presented you know Jesus died on the cross for me, and it's all about me and. Uh, and so to get he's people, our savior, but not our lord. Yeah, yeah. And get people back to that place to where they they recognize and realize that my my life is about glorifying Him. Mm-hmm. I'm here to bring Him glory, to maximize the glory of God through my life, to allow Him to do that through my life. And uh, and so we we take that fifth piece, and the way we present it is is circular. Uh, and so it is a process in your life that you you know you come to Christ, you need relationships, you're going to get discipled, and we're going to train you so that you can reach someone with the gospel and become an encourager yeah. to others and disciple people and, and, and train them so they can go and. and Which becomes, that process is is in and of itself a form of worship to God, yeah. obedience to that process. Yeah, that's that's the way we present it yeah. is if you, you know, so a lot of times I think people are looking for, well, how can I glorify God with my life? And they treat it like it's nebulous and mm-hmm. you know, I can't get a grasp on that. Right. And, you know, I don't really understand how could I, how could I glorify God with my life? Right. And, and Jesus said, you know, herein is my Father glorified that you mm-hmm. bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. So it's not just bearing fruit, but it's bearing much fruit. And, and we would explain that the only way to bear much fruit is for your fruit to bear fruit. Yeah, uh, and so you need to reproduce yourself. Yeah, and we need to reproduce reproducers and, right. and you know make disciples that will make disciples and yeah. uh, and and all of that we do in the power of God and for the glory of God. Yeah, and as I live that life, well, ultimately, what happens is it, it's glorifying to God. And you know, I, I, even if we don't realize it in the process, mm-hmm. you know. I think at some point, and certainly at the judgment seat of Christ, you know, we, it, it becomes a reality that this life has been lived for the glory of God, and it's it's not quick. Uh, there's no shortcuts. No. There's no easy solutions. There's a lot of tough times in the ministry. There's a lot of times of discouragement, and there's, you know, and the truth is, there's a lot of people who quit. There's a lot of people who don't yeah. make it. There's a lot of people who uh, opt out mm-hmm. uh, along the way, but. You know, when you see those folks that that hang in there and uh, and they follow through the process and they live in obedience and they live a life of worship, uh, it's it's really it's it sets worth it everything all. in perspective. It really is worth yeah. it all. Absolutely, Joe, um, man, thank you for sharing your story with us, but then also sharing your heart for your church. Thank you, and uh, it's up- uplifting and, and edifying to us um, all, and the listeners as well. So I want to. Thank you for being with us. It's my privilege to be with you, man. And yeah. I thank you. And I know that you are slugging it out all the time. Everything I, I, I hear and see from Midtown and Living Faith Fellowship and this podcast uh, has been an encouragement to me. So uh, it's it's well, certainly my privilege to get to sit with you. It's and, a joy. Uh, it's a joy. To share this time. Um, serving 
serving the king is a joy. Amen. Yeah. Well, Amen. I love you, brother. Love thank you. you. And thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Postscript uh, Living Faith Bible Institute's uh, podcast. And so what that means is that we're associated with um, training leaders. And, and, and if listening to this is edifying and training to you, when you're hearing this, you're like, man, I haven't really, I've been in church. Uh, I, I know about church. I, I know about being a Christian, but the things that I'm hearing uh, sound so outside of what I know in terms of ministry life. We want to encourage you to go to lfbi.org and, and check out what we have in terms of, of what we offer, uh, discipleship, D2, um, upper level classes that train you to be a leader and a minister, regardless of whether or not you want to be a pastor uh, or a missionary. Um, you're called to be a missionary right where you're at, and uh, the Bible Institute wants to equip you to do that work, to answer hard questions from God's Word, and, and to ultimately lead people to Christ. So we want to invite you to check that out, lfbi.org, and we want to invite you to come back next week and listen to another episode here on The Postscript. God bless you. Bye. My name is Dallas Lauderdale III, man. I just want to give you guys a little bit of background of my story. 2016, I graduated from Moody. And Pastor Trotter was like, hey, we're about to start another semester in, in LFBI, man. Why don't you hop on it? So I did, man. I learned more in those three classes than I did in two years enrolled in Moody. LFBI is what I was looking for back in 2014 when I enrolled in Moody. It has increased uh, my zeal for the Word of God and for the God of the Word. I really encourage anybody who is out there that is that is seeking God. This is the place where your excitement for the Word of God and again for the God of the Word will increase. So hopefully I'll be seeing you guys soon. Take care.